Last time on Almost Heroes, we pick up with Glenn and Rangrim face to face with a very large fecal golem, is one way to describe it. As our heroes go blow to blow with the monster while the golem throws, smashes, and sprays its excrements at them, they retaliate by trying to unmake the foul beast without touching it. After Glenn and Rangrim flush away their fecal foe, they are met by a small pack of were-rats and their leader Rangrim that added that aided Glenn earlier in Goldbrook. They lead my friends to a small settlement to give a place to nurse their runes and cleanse that muck uh, and possibly give some insight on how to enter the Emperor's library or kitchen or closet or whatever. Meanwhile, I encounter the alone at night heebie-jeebies as I hear some eerie noises coming from the waste pool before realizing that what I suspected was a child drowning in that forsaken waste. Running to their aid before realizing things were not quite as it seemed before being caught off guard and grappled by this red goopy mess that was covered in, well, faces, I guess. Chet and I break free and begin to cut down this godforsaken goo before it tried to eat my memories of some or some kind of evil madness. When suddenly a ray uh, comes over my shoulder and it disintegrates this abhorrible beast as I turn and look to hear, well now, hello there Cosmo. That is where we left off. Thank you very much, Bobby. That was my best Ep- Zephyr. <laughs> uh, that brings us to episode 97, Dual Dilemmas. So when we last left off our Almost Heroes story... Glenn and Rangrim had made a con had made contact had made contact with Randy and the were rats in the sewers under the Emperor's Palace on their mission to find a way in. Meanwhile, Cosmo waits outside with the getaway cart and unexpectedly finds himself face to face with a seemingly disgruntled Zephyr. So, Zephyr kind of steps out of the darkness, his uh this like kind of like narrow black wand held at a side that's still kind of like pulsing with this green light um, as Cosmo you see the oblex kind of dissolving behind you into this like green mist and as Zephyr steps out of the darkness well now hello there Cosmo I think we have ourselves a little something to chat about um, oh hey, Cosmo- hey there Zephyr uh, appreciate the, uh, the save there, friend. I didn't, uh, didn't see you in those dark shadows. He's, um, Zephyr is, uh, studying you, kind of just watching you. Uh, the wand is still raised, but it's not pointed directly at you. Uh, I will note that. Um, but it is not, like, put away at this point. Um, like I said, you can still see it kind of glowing with that acid green light, and he 
kind of like steps one one step closer to you. Well, careful there. You you might break something. I don't no, nothing to worry about. You may not know me well, Cosmo, but do you know the talent that I pride myself on? It's seeing the truth in folks. I see you as a honest dwarf, Master Stoneheart. Do I assume correctly? Honest dwarf. Uh, yeah, yeah, mostly. Certainly for those that uh, aren't trying to hurt other people or, uh, you know, take advantage of others. Well, you know, everyone has their faults, but uh, no one's trying to hurt anyone here, so we have ourselves our little chat. Uh, I don't know if where that wand is at, you know, I would assume otherwise, potentially. Uh, you never know if there's going to be another monster that's going to pop up. Got to be better safe than sorry, you know that. But uh, what I need to talk to you about, Cosmo, I don't know, I'm, you know, I... You hear things, but I don't know if you know, something kind of untoward happened yesterday. Something that didn't paint old Zephyr in the best light. But the real kicker is... Now listen, the the real kicker is Zephyr wasn't there, was he? And you can see he is watching you like a hot Cosmo. Oh, I mean, I'm standing here with Chet in my hand. I was just fighting this red blob. And, uh, I mean, sh- sure, I, I guess. Zephyr wasn't where? I don't... What are you talking about? Uh, you hear a voice from down at your side, Cosmo. Uh, this kind of metallic clacking voice. Uh, like, who is this nerd? Should we just, like... Just, you know, I, 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 you know, he's just talking way too much, man. I, I think we just need to chop him. Yeah, he, he hasn't done anything yet. Chill, Chet. You see Zephyr's eyebrow raise halfway up his forehead as he hears this sentient sword at your side uh, say this very much out loud. Now, that's, uh... That's an interesting artifact you have there with you. That's new, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there's very little you know about me. He's not really that new. He's been around. Well, that's neither here nor there, I guess. My question for you, though, Master Stoneheart, is... Do you know anything about what happened yesterday, where... Someone might have made a scene in the city of ours that didn't paint me in the best light. Maybe pretended to be old Zephyr when Zephyr was off doing other errands. You're saying you don't know nothing about that, huh? No. Deception check. I, I really don't. I was trying to line up with BK. I know Bobby knows. I don't know that Cosmo knows much. Okay, question then. 
So did, uh, Glenn, I thought you told at least someone. Did you not tell He Cosmo? told, he told, uh, when we he were- He told Rangrim. We tried not to metagame this too much, but he definitely told Rangrim while he was washing up in the tub. I, I- But it was, it was brief. Okay. Like, I, I'm trying real hard here to, like, uh, not lie, because, but I also, like, there was a lot okay. of, like, bouncing around, so, because Cosmo would have been, if, if Glenn was escaping, uh, I just got rearranged there for a second, hold on, um, I'm the dungeon master now, <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell uh, me a story, tell uh, me a story, Dan. I'm Zephyr. Listen here, see. <laughs> that's good. That's better than mine. That's for yeah, sure. Better than mine. Um, no. <laughs> so, so Cosmo would have been in the cart escaping when Glenn did the whole thing, right? Um, what? Keep going. Okay. Um, and then we, it would have just been whatever was said at the end. Which I don't know that Cosmo knows. So I realize Bobby can't lie. So I'm trying <laughs> to play it off. But uh so but I I I think you're right. I think that there is a chance that you don't know anything about it and you went a completely different direction than them. So I will I think we uh, unless the um the community knows something that I that we don't, um I'm gonna I think that So Jukor seems to think I also don't know. Yeah, I don't think you do either. I think that it is a lucky coincidence that you're the one outside when this is happening. Um, so, All right, well, I'll try and do this better. Yeah. Uh, Zephyr, I really, I don't know where you were. I don't know what was said or done. I, I have no clue what you're talking about. He's looking at you and just inspecting you and studying you and, and, you see them kind of just like looking at you and trying to read your response and whether or not it is truthful. And you see their visage kind of soften. Well, uh, Master Cosmo, luckily enough, I do believe you. However, Someone definitely did make a ruckus in town. Well, I guess my first question really kind of comes from, like, why do you think it was me, really? Like, I mean, I, oh. I'm not an... I, uh, is he an elf? What is he? Uh, no, he's a human. He's a human. As far as you know. He's, I'm certainly not of the same uh, stature as you. Uh, I mean, look at me, and just shrugs. Oh, now, Master Cosmo, listen. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think it's you that did it. But I think there are some that you may know who might have, uh, you know, my benefit from old Zephyr's departure or less prominence maybe so let's just take this as a to be continued conversation maybe pass it along to your companions maybe they saw something there's eyes everywhere all over the city Zephyr's got them 
every nook and cranny. And the people that uh, you know, helping old Zeph out, I know lots of folks, lots of folks that can help, lots of folks that can, well, unhelp. But folks that are in line with the Baron's ideals and hoping we can count you all among those. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think um, we just we're trying to help out the Baron. You know, we're doing his deed. We're gonna get that book that he wants to read as a bedtime story or whatever. Right? I mean, it's he's he kind of chuckles a little bit at that, and uh, you see the wand kind of lower to his side. Yeah, a bedtime story. Well. If you're on a mission, might as well leave to it. Um, and you see him quickly stow the wand uh, at his side with a spin of it and, a, and a kind of dropping it into the holster on his waist uh, and picks up another one that he, like, basically you see him kind of uh, stick it at his own chest and you see Zephyr turn into a cloud of green vapor that kind of floats away. You see it kind of like it, his his form kind of dissolves into this green mist that kind of disbands, and then you see it kind of go up into the sky and take an abrupt uh, kind of 90-degree turn um, in a direction towards the uh, center of uh, Goldbreak. Uh, I think as that happens, Cosmo immediately just goes, hey, guys, can can you hear me? It's, it's Cosmo. You be able to hear uh, at this, so just sorry. So at this time, um, as Cosmo is calling you, uh, you two are currently being led through the tunnels by Randy, uh, being led to the entrance to the bottom of the kitchen, essentially. Um, unless there was anything you'd want to do beforehand, but we can also, uh, let's just say, you guys are being led currently through the, so you're walking through the tunnels uh, with Randy as your guide as you hear Cosmo's message come through. Uh, yeah, we can we can hear you. What's up, Cosmo? Um, did you guys uh, do anything to piss off Zephyr? I mean, usually. Why? Well, he just tried to like corner me about it. I really wasn't. I didn't know what he was talking about. So, um, just checking in. What did you tell? What did you tell him? Ringram's not holding his ear on the earwig. He's just saying that out loud. <laughs> Ringram, you gotta... It's the earwig thing. You gotta hit it. You gotta hold it. What did you tell him? I I told him I don't know anything. That's why I'm telling you. Because I don't know anything. So if you did do something to piss him off, well, then he's pissed. And just kind of looks to Rangram Chugs like mission accomplished, I guess. Great, thanks for the great report. Be safe out there. Yeah, I didn't do anything. Uh, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Great, yeah. Cosmo out. Going back to hiding. Hurry up with that book. Stay away from kids. <laughs> um, well, with that, let's transition to uh, Rangram and Glenn inside the sewers. Uh, so you two are being led. 
um, through the sewers kind of uh, along the edges at this point. I think this inner sewer section, uh, you are not having to walk in the water itself. You are actually like on kind of a, like a foot and a half thick ledge that's kind of running alongside the pipe. Um, and as you're walking through it, uh, Randy's kind of quietly talking going, so when, once you get there, there's, there's gonna be one to two guards stationed at the bottom. It should be something as simple as there's a ladder that goes up and they should take you into the kitchens. I believe it's where they, you know, dump waste, clean stuff, whatever. I don't know exactly which room it goes up into the kitchen. I haven't gone up into this myself, but it, depending on your timing, one to two guards and, uh, you know, getting in past, uh, past the grate is going to be all up to you, uh, but I can at least get you within sight of it. So there's a there's a grate before we get to the ladder. Is that what you're saying? You can get us to the grate and we'll get through. No, at the top of the ladder is going to be the grate. So there's going to be two guards stationed at the bottom below the ladder, and then the, above. If you go up the ladder, there'll be a grate that should take you into the kitchens. Oh, gotcha. So these guards are basically more or less by themselves down here with us. That's that's pretty much the gist of it. Yeah, it's uh, kind of just to deter. Do you know them? Have you met them yet? I mean, I feel like you've got to, like, have passed by them once or twice. Do you know their names? Uh, no, they they change them pretty regularly, and I honestly try to stay uh, as far away from them as possible. Uh, I will say that when you guys have gone this way, you've you've been taken through a pretty circuitous route. Um, some hidden some hidden walls and some other things that uh, that seemingly have you know. They're pretty old. They probably seem like they were discovered by the Wererats more than they were put in by them. Uh, but there's been like some, you know, false grates, but it seems like there's not a consistent thread here. It's like grates that have been like cut and can be like moved out of the way and then like weird hidden walls. And uh, it doesn't seem like a lot of magic though. Just mostly like mechanical uh, kind of pathways that they've taken through this but um it doesn't seem like this is not like you know terry and jerry uh the guards are like just on the other side of the wall from like the uh the were rat like community it seems like this is purposefully like disconnected and uh without him uh taking you here would have found taken you it would have been nearly impossible or taken a very long time for you to get here gotcha okay uh um are we aware of the route like out would we like know any of these? You have a map. Triggers or grates and stuff. Yeah, you you know the uh, pathway that was you, you were taken down, um, and I, I assume, especially with like Glenn's practiced kind of stealthiness and sneakiness and thievery, uh, I think he's probably I would assume map taking yeah. a lot of care to like memorize how you get out. Um, but also you do have a map that shows you alternative ways through. They probably just will take you a lot longer and, uh, you know, potentially messier routes that could potentially have, you know, they're different than the ways you guys came in. Um, okay. Looking at the map, kind of like holding out with Randy, just kind of like walking and talking. Um, any spots on this map that uh, we have of the, uh, sorry, the, not the castle, the palace. Palace, thank you. Uh, of the palace that you know we might want to avoid do any of these rooms like speak to you as you know maybe like a guards quarter do you ever really go into the palace is there any information you can kind of extend on this map um he's looking at the map uh and 
Well, just from my own experience from the outside, I would uh, stay away. And he points at a few, um, a few out of the outer uh, kind of room door areas, uh, and kind of points them out as, uh, from my, from my knowledge, these, these are guard, these are these are soldiers' quarters here, barracks. Uh, and then I believe, unless I'm mistaken, and he points to one that is uh, seeming like smaller, but it's kind of more, it's like centrally surrounded by those soldiers' quarters that are mostly on the outside. He's like, if I'm not mistaken, that's the the deep cells, the entrance to the deep cells, and I would definitely stay away from there. So for the most part, in, once you're inside, of course, there's gonna be soldiers that are stationed, uh, the inner soldiers uh, that are, actually patrolling the palace itself it's gonna be a kind of a mix um you don't want to fall you don't want to run into any of the uh the emperor's personal guard uh those are gonna be not your normal soldiers uh they are absolutely going to be able to wield magic and all kinds of things that are going to make uh and at the very least alert and alarm uh that is going to make things very difficult for you in there uh unfortunately i don't have like I said, I haven't been into the palace myself. Uh, it's, you know, haven't really had a reason to. Uh, it's way too, you know, the juice isn't worth the squeeze, uh, that kind of thing. So I hope that whatever you're going in for is worth it. But uh, if you stay away from those areas, uh, you'll at least be able to stay away from, you know, wandering into a room full of soldiers at the very least. The, the oh, so, Sorry, go ahead, Ranger. Oh, no, I was going to ask that same, same question. Why do we got to stay away from that? Normally, when people say not to go there, it usually means there's something there we could find. Well, the only thing you're going to find in the deep cells is lifelong imprisonment behind magical bars. That's that's where enemies of the Sakal, enemies of the Empire, especially ones that, you know, threaten ways of life and ones that, you know, the Empire kind of wants to just go away. Uh, I would look at the deep cells as a one-way passage. So, is that where they take people to atone? That's actually... Atonement's easier than... The, the deep cells are... Atonement is a... Uh, you know, you kind of... You die, or you atone. That's... I think that you will go out of that in a body bag. I will say that from my understanding, if you go into the deep cells, your family doesn't even get a body to bury most of the time. Understood. And then I had this spot circled um, through a mutual friend who helped us make this map. Is this correct in where the library is? And I'm just gonna point out to where Kel said like they assumed yeah. the library was. Uh, you see Randy kind of give you a uh, like a, a full shrug as he's looking forward and just kind of to be honest I don't know uh, I'm I'm not an architect I don't understand the layouts of these these buildings I this looks like it could be in uh, the room in question is like you see it kind of like at the top of the grand staircase on the second floor um, is, is kind of what you're where you're seeing like the library potentially like located um, on this map. Um, you would obviously be entering on the first floor. Um, and so it, you you can see a, a pathway up there, um, but there to the actual main library, it looks like it's a, a staircase. Uh, it's, it's up the grand staircase, you know, 
from the you know on that on that second floor the 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 main the grand staircase kind of opens out into this room okay um and then out of curiosity just more of a dm question the the colorway for the empire or the emperor is that the the that's the bronze guard is that like his colorway or is like the 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 palace itself does it have like a whole other like color palette ultimately like you know what i'm the, saying like the like the bronze guard are the people you mean the, the black actual, worm right so but it, it like since the bronze guard are the guards are the black worm is the black worm family have their like own colorway of like to show their regalness and they're tied to the family or is it like have they adopted like the gold breaks color to like show that they're I will say that I'll say that most of the colorway is going to be uh, it's like a a purple, a black and a gold is kind of the colorway of most of it. And you've seen like uh, the guards, the the soldiers that are like you can generally tell the difference between like a a, a like a gold break guard is going to be or like soldier is going to be clad in mostly in the the purple and gold colorings the uh anyone that is tied to the church is going to be more of a white and gold coloring and then uh you like so far like any you would just know this i think like the any of the imperial guards that are going to be like near the palace the soldiers i cannot say i keep saying guard it is a soldier any soldiers there are going to be clad in more um in like a a black uh, a purple and like purple being the accent and then gold like filigree on top of that okay cool that's that's what i was curious about is um trying to recognize like the difference between the, the soldier groups yes cool. there is definitely a visual difference okay um it's gonna look to random go well i'm kind of all out of questions you ready to do this kind of now or never um i yeah you you kind of the lead on this excursion i'm just gonna kind of i'm 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 here to help love it and And it's a solid thumbs up because you fixed my hand this time so you know it's real Meet you and then do little thumb boops. Was it Hey Arnold? Did yeah. do that? All right, Randy. Well, uh, sure, this goes without saying, but obviously, tell nobody that we did this. And we were never here, right? Yeah, absolutely not. I don't even know who you guys are. So, um, he. He leads you further down uh, down the passageway, I think through one more grate that has to be kind of like pulled aside uh, and very quietly at this point. Uh, roll, me, uh, roll me stealth checks, you guys. I'll give you advantage because you're far enough away. Noise, noise, noise. Uh, a bunch. Uh, 27. Okay. Oh man, it's so weird not having disadvantage on stealth. Um, I don't have a bonus to it, but so that's an eighteen. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, so you all are able to move move silently. I think Rangram taking your you're kind of taking yourself by surprise with how quietly you move in your new leather armor. Um, Randy gets to the edge of a uh, kind of you can tell tell that this this passageway kind of starts curving to your right. 
um, and opens up into a slightly, you know, kind of larger chamber at the end. You hear your, like, you know, the, the sound of like water echoing a little bit more than it would have or than it was previously. Um, and before getting to the edge where it kind of turns to the right, uh, Randy stops and goes, all right, so this is where I leave you. When you go around this corner, you should see the entrance there. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, like I said, ladder up. And, uh, you know, if you can get through that grate, you're in the kitchen. So I uh, don't know exactly what the guard looks like the tonight, but I'm uh, not going to poke my head around the corner and find out. I'm going to leave that to you, too. It's been uh, it's been wonderful, you know, knowing you, meeting you, whatever, just in case you uh, <laughs> end up, you know, biting the big one. Um, but if not, you're always welcome to, to pass on through our little, uh, our humble little community in here. And if we can never help again, you know, we're always looking for more gold. Randy, it was great meeting you and I'll, I'll take you up on that. We, I'm sure we got drinks and stories to tell. Uh, I am probably going to rob your friend, so you can give him a heads up. It'll be more fun that way. But I'm definitely going to go recoup on the, the egg on my face. Just let, you can let him know. It's fun that way. A little jest. No, I won't kill him. Nah, that's fine. I don't really like him anyway. And he kind of, as he's walking, walking back, like back away from you down the, uh, down the passageway, kind of like waves his hand over his uh, shoulders and, uh, you know, slides back, uh, slides the gate back closed and uh, disappears around a corner. Um, and you all are in this, uh, in this, this kind of darkened sewer. All right, Rangram. So there's potential for two guards ahead of us or one guard. What do you, what do you think? We, we want to go on a 2v1 or 2v2 and make it even for him so it's at least a little, a little tricky to start. What do you mean, like, one of us pops out, does a thing, makes the guards, like, not guarding something? Yeah, my thought is if they're doing rotating shifts, it'd be better if we took out, took them out during their, their shift change so they're both there, right? So one wouldn't be showing up about halfway through the, the job and be alerted by their friend sleeping on the ground. So we, like, try to, like, like knock them out or something? Some kind of radio silence. Yeah, I mean, uh, we could knock them out. We could, uh, I mean, we said Do you we need more of those cookies or something. Maybe we could just like float some cookies in front of them. Like, eat me. And I mean, maybe and crab they and just... goil. <laughs> I, Glenn just gets a big old smile on his face. I have never been more proud. Hold on. Let me, let me use your back. I need a flat surface. All right, that's fine. I mean, this is kind of weird, but... And Glitch is going to go behind him and, like, probably, like, a massage on his back. He's just going to, like, roll out a, a thing of, like, ten cookies. And then Glenn's going to pull out one of the uh, dusk shrooms that he has, the, the sleepy shrooms that we got the kid with. And he's going to put them, like, just coat the cookies in it. You know, now, you know how Glenn... do we convince guards to eat cookies in the sewer i don't know but i mean just being on the ground weird funguses shitty people it kind of feels like home a little bit there's something weirdly beautiful shitty people 
was hoping you meant the cookies, but I guess you do mean just like being underground. I mean, yeah, I guess this is, this is kind of your space, huh? Yeah, it kind of feels like home. I was, I'm telling you, I was the nicest guy in, in the underdog. If you believe that, I don't. <laughs> well, actually, I guess maybe the underdark's all awful, but no, I don't. I don't really believe that. But I no, think I'm you're... telling you that that guy Randy, he would have been a stand-up citizen. Me and him would have been mates. But oh, you mean I would have been like Cosmo up there then, or down there? Oh, oh yeah, yep. Oh, all virtuous and oh, everyone under it, they all sucked the whole time. Rangram's on all fours, like having cookies made on his back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bitch. If I never say that sentence again, I'm gonna be like really happy. So cookies are done. They're all poisoned and shit. And Glenn's gonna help them up. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't necessarily know how we're gonna get the guards down here to eat these. So maybe we just beat the shit out of those guys. But uh, the guards above, maybe we can leave some cookies out. I know a shift can be kind of exhausting, and they might want to you know, like like sand fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Cosmo. Put his finger back down. <laughs> Cosmo just comes in like Santa Claus. <laughs> just like... <laughs> uh, sorry. Yeah, so... I mean, I'm pretty sure we can... You can go invisible. I would be very impressed if either of them would be able to see me coming, considering how uh, dark it is down here. I think we can just sneak up and kind of try to get the jump on these guys what do you think i mean I, I agree but i mean if i go invisible if i hit one of them then i won't be invisible well how many more times can you go invisible today uh just one time oh i only do it once a day and then and i gotta, gotta like sleep it off you know what i mean gotcha gotcha i, I have I had that same problem okay well the other thing is Mules of like the orb that Chandrell game is like, we could just, you know, crack the egg and see what happens. Something about omelets. Uh, do you even know how to use that? She said, use it when you need it. So, no. I'm going to guess you just slam it on the ground really hard and he's going to look at it for a minute. Do I like feel any like a tuning connection to it, or does it feel like a breaking case of emergency? You feel a strong urge from it to smash it over Rangram's head. Looking at it, like, uh, that would be Chandrell. Yeah, I think I know what to do with this. All right, send it. Okay, well, again, do we want to do it before or after we knock these first two guards out? Um... I don't know. You're, you're the thieving one. I mean, I would have already just knocked them out and we would have gone through and just started looting drawers and stuff, seeing if the book was in the kitchen. All right, let's do this. You, behind, you hide behind a corner best you can. I'm going to sneak up and I'm going to see if I can dispatch the two of them before getting you involved. Does that sound good? That sounds like a fair plan to me. And then what's going to be our, our code word if something goes wrong? What's, what's like your, your code word for like, you know, to come out because I need help? Like, like, like a safe word. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, whatever, whatever kinks you're into, it works. Uh, why can't I think of a single word right now? <laughs> Put me on the spot now. I can't even think of a Just word. one word. Just one word. Persnickety. 
Snickle Fritz. Is that what you said? Is that what I heard? Oh, uh, yeah, Snickle Fritz. Yep, that's what I meant. All right, when I say Snickle Fritz, you just come in charging quietly, but slightly. Why do they have swords? Quietly, but slightly loud. Because we don't want to. Uh, we don't want to alert anybody at the top of the ladder, but I definitely need one of your dwarf piles. Meat, meat, meatloaf. Meatloaf is Actually, the safe can word. I, can I change it? Can I? Can it be meatloaf? Perfect. Meatloaf is more appropriate somehow. Yes, very. All right. So I think the plan is. Rangrim's gonna hide behind the nearest corner, and Glenn is going to like try to sneak. So, what's the hallway situation looking like towards this this ladder? Uh, roll me a uh, stealth check to peek around the corner. Stealth check to peek around the corner. A bunch. Twenty-eight. No, twenty-seven. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you, you are able to, uh, with practices, uh, peek around the corner and you can see that there are essentially, you know, this, this passageway turns to the right, uh, kind of at a 45 degree angle and then kind of continues on again, like, to the, like essentially this kind of bends to the, to the right at a 45 degree angle, degree angle and then continues on straight. Um, but where it bent in, uh, you can see that there's kind of like a half circle cut out of it where it's kind of extended with uh, all like, you know, cobblestone. Uh, and it's like this half round area in the bend that you can see two guards, uh, two soldiers are sitting there. Um, you can see that they are wearing just like, you know, they're wearing like what seemed to be like normal soldier garb. It's not like, you know, elite force uh, anything. Um, you can see a maybe a, a let's say a mule, a half dwarf, uh, and a I don't know. Let's just say a, a half elf also. Just like you know, normal normal people uh, that are that are kind of hanging out here, um, and they are just seemingly. I, I will say, uh, roll me a insight on these guards. Well, that was weird. Uh, not very high. Eleven. Okay. Uh, you are guessing that probably they picked these um, these you know particular races based on their ability to have uh, you know dark vision in low light, um, but you also are noticing that the uh, mule in particular uh, seems to be like their eyes seem barely open. They seem very tired. This might be end of shift era uh, like you know timing for this per this this particular being, um, and. Uh, that's that's kind of what you get. Uh, the the half elf does not seem to be afflicted by that though. Okay, and then um, the you said it's like a peek around the corner. It goes how far, and then it turns on the forty five degree angle. I'll just say it's probably uh, twenty feet, um, okay. and then it kind then of there is there in an inlet. Is the inlet right. in the elbow or on the outside yes. of the elbow? Okay, it's on the <laughs> it's in the elbow. Gotcha. Yeah, it's in the elbow. Just for visuals. Okay, cool. And that's where the ladder is ultimately. Okay, so um, yeah, Glenn's gonna look uh, just behind him. He's like, I'm pretty sure they're down here because they can see well in dim light. So I think it's gonna need to be a little more sneaky than expected, but we can at least try to take one of them out quickly and then I think you and I can just go in fast. Um, but again, meatloaf. I say meatloaf. Come in dwarf pile. Ideally, don't hit me. But that's the plan, right? Yep. All you right, say meatloaf and uh, 
someone's getting golf or something. All right. So are they when like standing in the half circle? Um, they see down like the left corridor that we're we're at. Like, are they? Uh, or are they like tucked into the half circle? They are tucked. Yeah. I mean, you can see them, so they can see you. That's like, like they are they are kind of tucked in. Uh, but it's it's like a half. It's it's a you know it's a half circle. It's not a full circle. So they can they are basically flanking either side of this. A ladder that is in the center of that like half circle area. It's not against a wall. It's like kind of going up in the middle of that space. Um, and you can like, I mean, they're just kind of sitting on either side of it. So they're, they're 20, 20 feet away from you. Um, the mule is on the closer side to you and the half elf is on the uh, other side of that, the farther side of the, the ladder, but they could definitely see you. Uh, they're not looking straight at you. They're kind of stationed looking like kind of looking straight ahead from time to time. They'll kind of look left and right. Um, but it's uh, it's up to you whether or not you want to try to figure out a pattern. Um, sorry, first question: What the fuck is a a mule? A mule is okay. a half dwarf. It's a it's a um, half human, half dwarf. Like a mule. Got it. Uh, are they sterile too? Like mules? You know? I, only uh, you'll have to find that out check? for yourself. <laughs> you'll have to find that out for yourself. Glenn Glenn rolls a history check. Okay. Um, okay. So. Yeah, trying to. I like to get a cadence on the half elf, less on the mule. Um, just as like kind of when he's like looking to his left and looking to his right. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, roll me in and investigation. Cool. I mean, it could be very loose. Yeah. Fucking great. I rolled natural nineteen. Uh, twenty-seven. Okay. I, I super know when he looks left and right. <laughs> yeah. Um, with a uh, with a with a longer lived race like an, with a half elf, uh, you've noticed this too that um, they seem to get into more of a uh, a regimented groove of how they do things. They kind of time things out, and you you notice it's less chaotic with the longer lived races. Uh, dwarves, they are you know they kind of are more you know off the cuff, you know more passion driven than they are um, you know kind of regimented like a robot what they're doing. Um, so. You can see that there is some sort of uh, kind of a cadence to with uh, you know how the half the half elf is uh, looking down. It seems to be you know every minute and a half or so uh, they are kind of looking uh, one way and they kind of at the same time look left, look right, and then kind of like go back to uh, like looking straight ahead. Okay, um, then with the like kind of getting the timing down of it, um, Glim's gonna use his mage hand grab um, and holding in that hand one of his nightcaps he is going to the mage hand is invisible he's going to float the nightcap like as low to the ground as possible and just try to get it closer and closer and closer to the mule's feet okay and he's just gonna set the nightcap down like right at his toes and then with the mage hand that's still invisible, just like tap his toe, just like, and then like make the mage hand disappear. So like the so it's just like a mushroom sitting there. Okay. Um, you see the 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 mule uh, like looking through like bleary eyes, kind of, <clears throat> and looks down um, at his uh, at his feet and sees this like little tiny mushroom. You see him blink a bunch of times, and then kind of like crouched down uh the uh, you see the half elf kind of looking at them just kind of out of the corner of their eyes out of with confusion and he picks he picks it up 
and goes, was this always here? And he's kind of holding it up in front of his uh, face. And Glenn's going to bring the mage hand right back. And he's just going to still invisibly squeeze it, like right when it's between the two of them. I was going to say, he's kind of holding it out for the elf to look at. So it's like basically right in front of the ladder between the two of them. And you squeeze this thing. Um, uh, I guess I don't need to roll for They need to roll saves, I believe. Yeah, yeah. They're con saves, so the move will probably do well. But... Uh, I don't know with that roll. Uh, that was a very good roll for the half elf, though. Uh, it is a 19 plus for the half elf, but the mool only got uh, only got an eight, uh, and I'm not going to give them advantage because they are very sleepy. Sleepy boys. Uh, okay, uh, so he goes down. Um, he is out like a light. Um, yeah, he just falls forward through this cloud and just kind of like is snoring before he hits the hits the concrete. And Glenn like. Then once the, the mage hand squeezed, the guy goes down and like the half elf is kind of like watching his homie drop. Lynn is full sprint, just like right down the waterway, like just trying to like time okay. it where like the impact of the ground is the same time Glenn's starting. And Glenn okay. just goes, Glenn just goes, meatloaf. And he's just sprinting at the guy, just hoping <laughs> that Rangram's gonna come right through, like right at the same exact time. Um, uh, Rangram's following up behind him. Okay. And- at that moment, is going to cast uh, silence in the middle of that room. Uh, awesome. So yes. In a 20, 20 foot radius. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I don't. Is there a save for it? I think it just does it. Uh, no, it's just for the duration. No sound can be created within or past through a 20 foot radius sphere centered on a point you choose within range. It is dead silent. The sound of the water stops in this little area. There is just nothing in this area at this point. And then Glenn is going to just be like, keep sprinting straight at him. And right before he gets into that like zone of silence, he's gonna use Maximilian's earth and grasp and just grab this guy. <laughs> okay. So just, like, hand erupts from underneath the water and just like holds onto him. Uh, so he needs to make a save, DC saving throw. I'm because you're burning a spell slot, and because I think it's cool, I'm gonna let you do it. Because it, I think you said a 20 foot sphere, and they were only 20 feet away from you. So technically, it gotcha. But but I, I think it's cool. So I'll say that you just you, you can be, maybe before you got it off before Ranger cast it. Well, actually, there's not even a somatic element to it, so it would have. Oh yeah, there's, oh. never mind. Yeah, there's totally ignore me. And yeah, you would have done it like as he started sprinting too, but you were just trying to time it. So yep. second, the first guy goes down. That's that's totally fine. So uh, I think the wall, the cobblestone wall from behind this guy just turns into a massive fist and just grabs him around the, like, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna say too that the, the fingers and everything, like it just grabs this dude around the face and like body and just like pulls him like in towards the wall. Um, and is just holding him by a huge fist. Uh, well, connected to the wall. This is gonna be horrendous, but since he's holding him with like two, like his, he's got fingers over his mouth. I want the mage, or I want the Maximilian Earth and Grass to like, it's fucking horrifying. But like, pry his mouth open. Oh no! With the fingers, <laughs> and then Glenn's gonna shove three cookies in his mouth. <laughs> so he has to eat the sleeping cookies. The, the only sound that escapes the sound of silence is, is just uh, the, the thing say, making the dude say, ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, as cookies are shoved in his mouth and then the, the hand probably closes it so that this, 
He's forced to chew them. (laughs) You see with just the look of contempt and anger as this half-elf like reluctantly starts to like, these cookies start, he's not chewing, but these cookies start to dissolve in his mouth. And you just see him just like his eyes get tired and he just goes limp in this this cobblestone hand. They are delicious cookies. He just enjoys the cookies. Um, And then Glenn's gonna, you know, drop the Maximilian Durth and grasp and like catch the guy and like gently settle set him down. And he's gonna look to Rangroves like <laughs> This is gonna be great for the audio podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I pantomime <laughs> to Rangroom that he should drop the spell. <laughs> how, how do I make him make a concentration check? I smack Rangroom in the face. <laughs> Oh shit, it hits. 21 to hit. Now that hits my AC. Yes. <laughs> it probably won't be enough damage to make me drop the Make you, spell make you think when, about it. But then I go, oh, 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 okay. All right, I'm sorry. I mean, I couldn't hear you. Yeah, it was too it was too effective. It was perfect. We should tie these guys up and like bound and gag them all that just so they can go run and tell their friends about it. Oh, sure. Yep. Yep. On it. We just take the time to use hemp and rope and stuff. I take wool socks and stuff them in the half elf's mouth, and I take the half elf uh, socks and stuff them in the wool's mouth. They are not the the wool socks are actually this surprisingly the half elf socks are, are are much dirtier than the wool socks surprisingly. Dirty half. Everyone's uh, gonna loot their pockets too. Okay, yeah. Um, He's going I, I full think... Glenn on this adventure. Proud. Glenn's tearing up a little bit. Um, I think that you find uh, a total of like 16 gold uh, between the two of them. And uh, maybe it wasn't, it was pretty close to payday. So they're pretty much out at this point. Um, and uh, I, you know, aside from their weapons, you know, they, they probably keep most of their belongings in, in whatever barracks they're normally at. Fair, very fair. And then he's going to look to, Lynn's going to look to Ranger's like, okay, this is, where, this is where things start to get hard. You ready? I'm, I'm ready, but well, just one thing. I'm going to put a doorknob in one of their pockets. A whole doorknob. <laughs> the mystery. Is that a doorknob in your pocket? Are you just happy to see me? Yeah. <laughs> 100%. 100% where I'm thinking. Um, I love it. Uh, so just to describe the scene a little bit, um, you guys are standing in this half circle area, water rushing past you. Uh, the the metal the steel like staircase that's rusted and, and like you know kind of covered slightly covered in like what seems like foodstuffs and whatever else from being dumped through the grate directly above you. Um, you can see that you know there are holes in it like there it is perforated uh, and it's probably a good like you know ten feet up. Glenn's okay. um, gonna look to Rangram so it might be actually something that you want to force open or. I can try to pick it, but your strength might actually be a little more helpful on this one if you wanna if you wanna take the lead. But I was just hope you know that Chandrell wanted me to give this to you, and Glenn just smashes the orb on top of Rangram's head. What happens? It shatters like a uh, Christmas ball almost, and you, Rangram, you feel this like almost like you see this kind of smoke that in, that in, emanates from the inside of it. And it's like this purplish black smoke that's kind of seeping down over you. But it feels like when someone does the egg break thing on top of your head, it feels like cold. 
um, and as it seeps over your uh, over your body, um, I will just tell you guys so that you know uh, from a, a usefulness standpoint. Uh, you now for the next hour are uh, essentially blessed with pass without a trace. Nice. Oh, you, you probably have better stealth than I do now. We're so buffed right. I'm so, you boy is so buffed right now. Heroes fees and pass without a trace. Let's go. So uh, for those that don't know, uh, Pass Without a Trace, a veil of shadows and silence radiates uh, radiates around you, masking you and your companion, well, not your companions, masking you from detection. For the duration, uh, blah, 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 blah. You have a plus 10 uh, bonus to dexterity stealth checks and can't be tracked except by magical means. A creature that receives this bonus leaves behind no tracks or traces of its passage. It's not often Chandrell gives me something for someone else, so. Must be thankful for the work you've been doing. Right, Ring Room's standing there, and he kind of gets like a like a shiver, like you know, when you get a quick chill. He's like, oh, oh uh, I feel weird. Yeah, hey, like you want to go? Did steal you see that? Room? And he like points over, like over there. And, and then like, I'm just trying to sneak around Glenn and just tap him on the shoulder. Roll me a stealth check. I'll go past it instead. Or- Perception. Roll the one. Yes. Oh yes. He would. <laughs> so good. Um, Glenn, you you see these shadows kind of emanating around uh, around Rangram, and you're like, holy crap! Like this guy has probably got incredible stealth, better than you, and you're really intimidated by that for a second until you see Rangram just like try to sneak around you and just like. Flat like absolutely like just trips over himself like as he's <laughs> kind of going around behind you um and it's a small thing uh with the amount of like stealth but it is it is just a normal like uh, you know kind of uh tripping over his own feet kind of thing you can you can add the stealth to the dwarf but you can't take the dwarf uh out of the dwarf <laughs> i would like to make a performance check to pretend like i was super impressed uh but you should be like just as he taps on the shoulders like Oh, how did you uh, get over there? That's crazy, dude. Oh, you don't gotta, you don't gotta mock me. It's, I'm telling you, it's these pants. I'm, and I'm rubbish, just a... and he's like, he's like squatting in the leather pants, trying to stretch them out. <laughs> trying They're to be supportive. That... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of squeaky noises. Uh, uh, I just gotta break him in. That's it. I do feel stealthy though. Yeah. And now, where was this great? Was it in the ceiling? Yeah, straight up. Directly above you guys. I can I can probably pick any lock from kind of behind you, but I think your your strength is gonna get that great open. So I'd recommend we we go up, maybe you first and take a look, see if anybody's on its way, but I doubt it's gonna be locked if they're just using it to dispose of food scraps, you know? Yeah, that, I mean that's fair, but I mean you got you gotta kinda lift lift me up there. You just use the ladder. Oh, there's a ladder. Sorry. <laughs> yes, there's a ladder. I, whole time I pick him up onto the first rug. Ten fingers. <laughs> oh, yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I'll, I'll climb, go up the ladder, and uh, peek through the grate. Okay. Um, yeah, you look. You look at this grate. So it's a you know it's a heavy steel grate um, that seems to have a handle uh, on kind of both sides. Um, it's you know about I'll say like three feet around uh in, in you know kind of in diameter i guess um and 
you see into a kind of darkened, what looks like a darkened, like well-maintained kitchen. Uh, you seem to be kind of in towards one of the corners, almost in like a wash area. Um, but you can see that this room is like pretty large and is, you, you know, it probably meant to prepare food for a large number of people generally. And uh, do I notice if there's anyone in like the Roll room? Me. Uh, do you want? Uh, if you want, if you want to do an active uh, perception check, uh, give me that roll. Okay. Uh, let's go. Active perception. Uh, Twenty-eight. Okay. Um, you don't hear. Uh, you don't hear anything. Uh, you know, no sounds. Doesn't sound like anyone's moving around in there. Uh, I think there's probably like it's just completely like it's not completely dark it's as dark as like it's a dark it's it's a middle of the night uh so like maybe there are like a couple lanterns in there for in case you know someone wants a midnight snack but aside from that it, there is no activity in this room okay i mean Rangram would relay that to glenn like uh i, I think we're good as he would kind of lift the grate yep uh deftly and quietly slide it yeah to roll me a and... uh roll me a stealth check I'm, I'm going to be nice and not make a sleight of hand. Is that another one? It's another one. You open this thing. It is quiet. It, you open this thing and you're like being so careful and it's totally fine. And then you get, I think you get to the point where you, you get it pushed all the way open and you're like, holy crap, I just did that really quietly. And you let go of it and it falls the other direction and just clangs against the ground heavily on the other side uh, open. And like, it just echoes around this kitchen. Um, and I think that like both of you just freeze because it just like this echoing clang just kind of clang, 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 clang all around this, this empty kitchen. I mean, there's not a lot of soft surfaces aside from tapestries in these, in these palaces. Um, what do you do? You guys react and do anything really quickly, or do you just wait to see if anything happens? Uh, I think Rangrum's kind of frozen. Like, Glenn, yeah, Glenn is already just shoving his ass through the hole. He's like, just like, <laughs> get in, 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 just like shoving him through the hole. Um, Glenn, the second we're both out of the hole, is going to look to Rangrum and say, Now is the perfect time to use that invisibility, and he's going to cast it. Gillen's going to cast invisibility on himself and go invisible. Hoping Rangrim does similarly. And then he's going to kick slide the grate back over the hole mm -hmm. and take find like the nearest pan and mage hand drop the pan on the ground. Like just put the pan face down so it looks like something knocked that over. I love it. Um, okay. So, uh, this kitchen, big, uh, you know, big preparation table, a couple big preparation tables in the middle, all the uh, kind of cook surfaces and furnaces and fires, things like that around the sides. There's like big stacks of wood, big stacks of flour, barley, like, you know, rice, all those things like are kind of stacked on the room. So there's lots of places to hide. Um, and, and then like think, like, think of this as just like, everything is kind of around the edge of this room. It's a big, big, long rectangle. And then in the middle are these big preparation tables. Um, the doors, there are a number of doors on each wall, uh, but one, those seem to be smaller. 
Um, the there are big double doors on the opposite side of the room, kind of to the left. Um, and I think that, uh, well, one thing, Rangrim, are you turning invisible? Yeah, yeah. After that, like, faux pas there, just absolutely. When he sees Glenn vanish forms, like, oh, oh, yep. And then he's also okay. invisible. I love it. Um, so very shortly after you guys turn invisible and kind of uh, tuck off to the side, you hear uh, just the sound of like footfalls that are coming down the passageway and like the doors just burst open on the other side. And you see two soldiers that are not wearing the normal soldier garb. Uh, one of they they're wearing almost like different versions of it. Like it's, it's almost more like vest like, but they have like one kind of longer, like, like, like wizard like sleeve on one arm, but the other one is like kind of cut off almost for like range of movement. Um, and the, uh, they have a, a sword, uh, on their belts. Uh, I think one of them has a scimitar. One of them has like a long sword. Um, and they, their faces are cowled. Um, they have like these, these hoods and also these like things that are hiding except for like their actual eyes. Um, but they're all wearing like, it's mostly black except for the, the gold filigree. And then they have like a, like a con kind of small, like shoulder cape that's going over, uh, like one side that's like, doesn't go all the way to the floor. It's like a half cape. Um, and they, they come into the room and immediately, uh, one of them, their hand, like their hand goes down to their sword and the sword lights up with just crackling lightning. Um, the other one, it raises, uh, basically, you know, grabs their scimitar with one hand and then illuminates their hand in fire with the other one and is shining it around the room. Um, and they, uh, they are just kind of looking around this room for a second. Um, is there anything you guys want to do or are you just staying quiet and, uh, invisible? Uh, yeah, Glenn, I think, would have, if possible, right as Rangrim, like, he already put the pan down. He already, Glenn would have tried to, like, before Rangrim went invisible himself, kind of sidle up next to Rangrim and just have, like, an arm on his shoulder sort of thing. So, like, Rangrim knows where he is, he knows where Rangrim is, and would be trying to, like, slowly move us to, like, the far corner away from these guys, just, like, making the slowest movements out of the range of maybe like a weird flickering of the flame or whatever it might be Yep. to just try to be like one unit. Um, you see you. So as you're making your way around, so roll me that stealth check uh, for, for moving both of you. We have oh no. Invisible, right? Yeah. Uh, well, Rangram gets a plus 10, but I think you would be, you get advantage for being invisible, I believe. I would say that's a homebrew rule. If anything, you guys would definitely be have advantage on on stealth if you're invisible, <laughs> and then uh, so advantage plus ten for Rangrim. Well, I I rolled twice because of advantage. The first roll was an eighteen, so I think I'm good. And the second roll was a one. <laughs> oh my god! I need to. The, the gods are I need out to, to get. I need. Tonight. I need to get. I'm. I need to do stealth shit. I'm getting my Glenn dice. Well, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do much much better. I got a seventeen, but. Uh... I got a plus 13, but I only got a 17 on my stealth roll. Okay. Um, you all are able to make your way slowly around the room, kind of keeping yourself away from the, at these figures as they're kind of making their way around it. Like essentially kind of going, you guys are moving counterclockwise as they're right. moving um, around this, uh, this, this kitchen, uh, kind of around these center preparation tables. Um, and they make their way over and they see this pan that's laying on the ground. 
and you see one of them, uh, the one that's holding the the lightning crackling uh, longsword, kind of wash his hand over it and kind of try to see. Um, you see just like a uh, illumination of what looks like. Did you use your mage hand to knock it over, Glenn, or did you use your? Yeah, said mage hand. Okay. I would have like grabbed it and set it. Well, I, he wouldn't have like said it, knocked it over. He would just like set it down. So definitely, okay. there's a print of mage hand on there. If that's what you're saying. Okay. Um, you uh, well, actually, uh, there is like so you. It goes to like illuminate, and you see all these hand prints illuminate on it in different like lighting. Like seems like some of them were maybe older, and oh, some cool. of them were newer. And you see like all these handprints kind of illuminate on him. Um, and he's, you see them kind of studying it for a second and decide that uh, there isn't anything to be concerned about and mm. picks it up and slides it back uh, onto the table surface. Um, and you see them kind of give another look around the room and then kind of uh, put their, their weapons away and walk back out and close the door uh, behind them. And you guys are again uh, alone in this room. But I'll say this: uh, very shortly after though those those figures leave, um, you hear and see something very strange. There is a bookcase uh, on. So the so you guys are on. I'll say you guys are on the kind of halfway big rectangle. You guys are halfway up. The, the rectangle on the kind of, you know, let's say the left-hand side, the right-hand side. And uh, you see on the far wall uh, towards the doors that they the figures just left through, um, you see a, a narrow bookcase that seems to be full of recipe books. Kind of, you hear it, and then you see it push outwards towards you. And you see a very old frail looking man uh who is wearing these like long black like and silver very incredibly ornate night robes um with like the whole night robe hat and everything like that like almost looks like a like a wizard hat with like it kind of drooping off to one side um and you see them moving through this out of this little opening this little door um i'll describe the the person if they are human ish in 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 like kind of the way they look except for they seem to have like slight elven features but you probably are guessing it's probably a few decades like a few generations back mm-hmm. um and they are like crooked and like definitely like kind of um uh you know very aged um but they are moving into the room um I'll say like, you know, kind of well-managed beard. It's not like incredibly long, but like well-kept white beard. Um, and you can tell there's probably not much hair on top, but they have very prominent, like their eyebrows have, have like grown in, uh, like kind of, you know, like very um, Shenron the dragon uh, eyebrows. And uh, they kind of come puttering into the room slowly uh, and start making their way towards the sink. Do you guys do anything about this? Did they close the bookcase that they came through or they just like left the bookcase ajar? It's open. Yeah, so Glenn is going to try to, again, kind of guide Rangrim and have us kind of as quietly shuffle our way towards that bookcase opening. Um, yeah, I, I, Brian wants to do things, but I don't think Glenn would think it's a good idea. So <laughs> Glenn's going to use his better judgment and uh, 
yeah, he's going to just try to, we're going to try to sneak through that opening um, best we can. Try to not fuck with this guy. Okay. Um, you all are able to make your way into the, uh, well, roll me, roll me stealth checks first. Um, I'll say that you guys, I mean, obviously you have advantage on it. So unless Rangram rolls two ones. That's insane. Uh, We've had five ones so far this session, yeah. all on stealth. Mine wasn't even that good still. It was an 18. My first roll on the Glendice was a three. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? <laughs> My second one was a 19, so that's a 29 on stealth. <laughs> Let's go. Um, you two are able to make your way past uh, this old figure. Um, I will say that, Glenn, as someone who's been in Sakal for a period of time, even staying away from Goldbreak, um, I, this this figure looks familiar to you. I was going to um, say just, just as you're passing by them, uh, you don't know for. I'll say that you don't know exactly for sure yet. Um, but you get they look familiar. They kind of you you get like, I know this old guy. I know I've seen, this. I've seen that fucking statue. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like if you pass by George Washington, you're like, I think right. I know this person. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, you uh, but you you make your way into this uh, this narrow opening that you can feel that there's like a slight. Uh, breeze coming through um, and it goes in uh, for a little bit and then goes up a staircase uh, and kind of abruptly turns to your left and continues for some time. Um, the staircase also goes up for some time uh, and but it's like very um, like small steps. They're like they, they seem to be have been made for like uh, like easy traversal. Senior citizen. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, you come to a, another end that seems to be blocked by a um, like a the essentially like a wood like a very very well like solid like wood or oak or whatever uh, like door uh, that seems to be blocking that uh, that end passageway. Okay, uh, Glenn's gonna look to Rangrim's like as quietly as possible. Like I'm pretty sure that was uh, the emperor. So. We probably need to move as fast as possible because we're probably in some of his chambers. Uh, do you see any way to open this this door? And Glenn's going to do an investigation check, but he would encourage Rangrim to be figuring it out too. Oh, you're muted, Rangrim. And, and Rangrim would uh, do so as well. So either I, whether we both make him or I just give him advantage on it. I'm sorry, what was the check? Uh, we're just trying to see if we can like find a... Oh yeah, we'll like investigation. a keyhole or yeah, like yeah. just trying to see if we can find like a latch system. Uh, wow, with advantage, I rolled two 18s, uh, or two natural 18s, so a 26 total. Okay, that's kind of cool. Um, you uh, you don't see anything uh, particularly like obvious, um, other than the fact that um, as you're looking at it, it seems to, like anything in, in these old places, um, there seems to be a well-worn, almost like area where you can see just a lot of hands have pressed um, kind of to the right-hand side of this thing. Um, and uh, you can just see like, there's like a lot of scuff marks and dirtiness like in this one area, um, where it seems like a lot of hands have been pressed over the, over the course of time. Uh, just to be extra careful, Glenn's gonna I mean, even though it's right there, he's going to use mage hands. Can 10 pounds of pressure swing this door? Um, 
with well-oiled hinges, uh, you know, if 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 the if a frail <laughs> if a frail emperor can uh, can open this, uh, then your ten pounds of force, like it is at least able to start pushing it open, um, and you uh, you see that it kind of starts to like slowly kind of hinge swing inwards uh, and through the crack in the door. I'll say it doesn't open all the way, uh, but I'll say that uh, through the crack in the door, you see a darkened but beautifully opulent chamber on the other side. You find yourself in the grand library of the emperor. Like it is beautiful, like 15 foot tall bookcases that are just like in a labyrinthine pattern that are just extending on this, like as far as the eye can see, um, like lightly illuminated with these torches uh, that are like obviously magical in nature, but they are kind of like radiating this like soft white light around the room. Um, and you can see just, you know, from like area, like from through your little tiny area, you can see there seems to be like, you know, a couple like sitting areas with like very like worn leather chairs and little side tables uh, that, you know, are kind of around the room. Uh, but that's all you can see from your tiny little crack that you've made in this uh, door so far. But I will say too, um, you don't see anyone currently. I was gonna say I, I I don't see anybody, but can Glenn make an active auditory check? Yeah, um, absolutely, with advantage. He's, he's gonna look to Ranger and be like, see if you can maybe smell anybody. Want to make sure we're alone here. And just I think perception check. Uh, you said advantage, so fifteen plus eight, so twenty three for auditory. You, um, you don't, so I'll say this, you don't hear anything in your current vicinity, um, but I will say this too, the, you can tell that the floor in this whole area is carpeted with a thick plush rugs. Like the entire, like this entire upper area is like, like very nice, like kind of the thick rugs and, and carpeting that's down on this floor, uh, very intricate patterns. Um, but I will say that you can hear what is probably the grand staircase and the open an open area uh, that looks over that that staircase to your right, and you can hear uh, kind of echoing distant footsteps there, uh, like you know distant distant though. Uh, but you can definitely hear that there is movement in other parts of this palace. Okay, so assuming that the emperor is. A, a creature of habit, and this is his, you know, midnight snack that he's he's used to. Um, do I see like a well-trodden set of foot pa- uh, footprints in the library? Does it all seem like pretty scattered? Like, does it seem like you just like kind of beelines through the library, goes to, like his chair, gets up out of the chair? Like, does it seem like roll- there's like obvious patterns that can be seen? Uh, on the thick carpet. Yeah. Uh, roll me. Uh, roll me another investigation check. Investigation. That's pretty good. Uh, 17 plus 825. Yeah, you can see that there is uh, indeed a kind of well-worn path uh, in this, like, because the carpet is particularly plush, you can see that there are kind of shuffling feet movements that uh, go to a kind of the closest well-worn leather armchair. Um, And you can even tell that the light around that one is brighter than it is in the rest of the room. Um, and you can see a stack of a couple books that are sitting there waiting on the side uh, the side table. Uh, Glenn's gonna look to Rangers like, okay, so there's there's like a small path that he used to used to take a lot. We're gonna try to stick to that path best we can. 
There's a couple of books over by the chair he's sitting in. I mean, maybe it's his like bedtime book that he reads. It's I don't know if you have a way to find items magically or something like that. But again, we're looking for uh, Three Titans. I think is the name of the book. I mean, that's right. the that's the name of the that like that is the name of the book that. Uh, but you're trying to find a original copy of it. An original copy of the Three Titans. That's right. Um, I probably should have figured out what it means to be an original copy, but we can uh, probably cross that bridge when we get to it. So look for copies of Three Titans, and try to try to stick to this this path as we head to his chair. But he's probably on his way back soon. And Glenn's gonna like kind of slowly creep into the room just to get like a better visual of everything that's around yeah. him. Yeah, uh, again, uh, very opulent room. Uh, like there are bookcases kind of extending for. Um, you know, 80 feet, 80 to 100 feet all around you. It's a huge, huge space. Uh, and there, uh, as you're as you're moving uh, kind of towards, you know, the, the sitting area, um, you can see that as you're starting to walk into the room and get a better understanding of it, the la- what is kind of composed in a labyrinthine uh, fashion is actually almost like a, they seem to be, it's radial in design. So these bookcases are circular and kind of like round in their design, which is not optimal for most bookcases. Um, but they, they seem to be kind of, you know, you're, you're in a, um, a, ha- a circle that seems to be going around the room, almost like these circular hallways that seem to kind of, you can cut through and into them going deeper into the center of this kind of uh, circular labyrinth of bookcases. Um, I would say that you're probably, you can tell you're probably towards one of the more outer rings of it. Okay. Let's go to the go Graham's like, any thoughts where they might hide like the most expensive book? My assumption is it's you know always hide it in the center, right? Make it make it tricky to get to, tricky to get out of. Um, I mean, sure, maybe. Let's try it. And Glenn's gonna start like going down one of like the cross hatch like walkways through like some of these circular labyrinths, trying to get to the center. Yeah, slowly, very, very slowly, but trying to like keep an eye out and an ear out for any like quick movements. But yeah, he's going to try to keep moving towards where I'd, I'd imagine there's like some kind of display case is kind of how Brian and Glenn are picturing it. Yeah, um, I'll say that as you're starting to move away from the uh, the doorway opening, are you leaving it ajar or are you shutting it? Yeah, Glenn would have um, Glenn would have definitely shut it. Um, okay mage hand as softly as possible um but that would he would have closed it like after rangram and him like had to come into the room right. and started talking that that's that's fine so yeah i mean i will say that before you shut it as you're kind of going over to shut it uh you do hear like the door the passageway on the other side shut like you hear like a it, it like okay. as it squeaks closed um i mean you would assume that the emperor is on his way. Um, so you're able to shut it. Uh, these seem to be a little bit more well-oiled and you're able to, I'm not gonna make you roll for it. Uh, so you are able to shut this door without uh, without issue um, and start moving towards the inner part. I need you both to roll me survival checks. Oh no. Survival. Oh indeed. Well, that's bad. Oh, uh, 22 for me. Uh, that is a four. <laughs> um, 
Rangram, having spent uh, a lot of times in labyrinthine subterranean passages of, you know, both the Jorgar, uh, but, you know, the, and also the Drow, uh, this is, you know, you are able to navigate this with particular ease, particular ease uh, understanding the kind of, you know, construction of it, the pattern to it. Uh, and I think that you're able to lead uh, lead you to, as, as Glenn is kind of like trying to go the wrong way and getting like caught in like dead ends of this, this uh, these passageways of these books, um, I think you're able to like kind of navigate it well, leading you to the center. Um, I will also say too, that like these books, like this, this library is incredible. And there are books all around that like are probably one of a kind. Like there are ones that are, likely journals of past emperors there's stuff all around you but at the same time don't know whether or not they're trapped or if there's alarms yeah. or anything of that sort but i this has got to be absolute torture for glenn as you're passing by all of this knowledge that is just like one of a kind that's probably why glenn got lost a couple times was he was yeah. just like Oh my God, that's an original. You can't even, this guy died before he even finished the book. It's finished? Who? How did they, someone had to like summon him and, and then like Lynn, or Rangham's like pulling him along. Like we got to stay on mission. A first edition Captain Loincloth comic book? I can't even believe this. <laughs> um, you, uh, you two are able to uh, make your way towards the center. And um, I mean, not, but you know, with a couple, uh, with with very few wrong turns because of Rangrim's guidance and uh, leading Glenn uh, through here, uh, even though he's trying to stop at every single book along the way, um, it opens up into you see like you basically turn a left and right there in front of you is a big opulent center and directly above you is like a huge domed oculus that you can tell is probably the center. Uh, like the oh, center of the spire dome. of this of oh, this, so uh, this cool. upper part like it is beautiful you can see that like it is solid glass like you can see the night sky through like the gilded panes and how, it is how high above us is it oh probably like at least uh 40 feet i would say like huge huge dome and it is like you can see that it perfectly lines up with this open area in the center that i would say is probably like 40 feet across um and Aside from the fact that there are just like small tables and chairs and everything else lining this inner this inner um, radius area of this uh, this this kind of labyrinthine uh, library, uh, in the middle are a number of seemingly glass cases. It is a big circular like glass case that kind of runs around runs right in the middle of it, and you can see that it is in the right in the middle of the oculus and the light from the like moon is shining just down onto it and like kind of illuminating this area but you can see that there are probably 40 or 50 books that are just like displayed proudly in this glass case in the center of the room um glenn would like to do a quick perception check to see if he hears the the emperor shuffling feet in in the thick carpet yeah, roll uh roll that audio perception check with advantage. Uh, second time with advantage, I rolled the same number. Uh it is a 17. Okay. The 17, uh, I'll say that I might be giving you a little bit more than I should, but um I I think you hear a a 
kind of loud slurp of what sounds like some sort of liquid uh, kind of from over where you were before. Um, and uh, maybe a creak or a uh, squeak of like, you know, a, a leather chair as someone sits down into it. Maybe a groan of old bones as, as, as a figure sits down. Um, but you can tell that it is uh, probably back from where you came from. Okay. Um, yeah, Glenn's going to like lean over to Rangers like, this is, the book is probably in here. We could start scanning real quickly, but uh, do you have any way to see if there's like any magical enchantments on this case? I, I don't know if I can actually do that. Um, oh, I, I could do that. Uh, but if I cast any spell, I'm no longer invisible. Oh, yeah, and they also said that any magic of a god that might not be one of the seven lights up like the 4th of July. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Uh, well, then we'll go the manual route, and Glenn's going to... Oh, but, yeah, I'm going to do this, and Rangram's going to look around at all the books mm-hmm. and hopefully see... Um, well, I'm assuming the name of the book is in common. Uh, what language is it written in? Some, do we know? You don't know what. So you do not know uh, exactly which language this this book is written in. You would assume common, um, but you also like there are books of a lot of different uh, written in a lot of different languages. Um, but what are you looking for in particular? Um, well, Ringram's going to be looking at the books, trying to find anything that would tell him that this might be. Yeah that book but because of my appraiser's eye i'm able to tell like immediately the actual value of it so i'd be able to like zero in on what would most likely be the most valuable thing in the room i love it okay so this would really fuck with glenn's head if he's like that's a million dollars that's a million dollars that's 10 million dollars (laughs) that's worth a country i i I will so i will say this i i your your eye like the 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 dollar signs in your grand theft auto vision that you've just used to see the value of everything all over over all the items um it goes off like like crazy i mean there there are there are journals from like long past eons like one like history books written by one person about a specific like like specific events that like you like you cannot get like they have not made it to the history books. This is the one example of it. Um, there are literal journals of like past emperors. There is like full family histories. There is like a lot of like spectacular, like only represented here in this case, uh, written, written, written word basically. Um, but with your your special eye, you see, uh, you do, uh, you do happen to see um, a very humble little brown leather book that is has a kind of handwritten title on this book um and it doesn't say the three titans but it does say the titans and it is just a small book and probably like you know no more than you know eight inches by like four inches it is a very small book um and relatively thin and it is sitting there in the case and the like the value on it is incredibly high uh, i i don't know exactly how to give you a dollar amount but i would say that i mean is it exactly an exact dollar amount what you get with the appraiser's eye 
Uh, no, technically it just says it gives me advantage on intelligence checks to determine its value. Okay. That's the direct wording, but I imagine it allows me to noodle that stuff out ah. if we were doing that to like every book. Uh, I would put it into an incredible, like a very rare item category. Like it is, it is, it is very valuable. Um, Ringrum's just going to kind of nudge Glenn, like, um, uh, he's like pointing, but we're still invisible and he's not picking it up for a second. Like, <laughs> oh, um, oh shit, that, that one, the, that, 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 that one there, the little shitty one. It's always the, you mean the, the one with the brown one just says the tight. Oh yeah, I got it. Cause there was probably only one or two Titans at the time. Maybe, maybe the second, third Titan were like the, the sequels. Okay, well, uh, since we don't really have a way to magically see if there's any traps here, uh, I guess I'll do it the the old-fashioned way, and Glenn's going to just do his best to investigate to see if this is, like, rigged in any way. Um, is there any arcanic sheen to it? Is there any, uh, there, um, uh, any just shotguns pointed, like... From the ceilings and all angles. <laughs> yeah, there's just a bunch of wands that have disintegration all pointed at you. Yeah. Um, power, power kill, uh, power, power word kill is uh, is is just like pointed at you at all times. Um, roll me, uh, roll me an investigation check. Uh, it's not good though. Thirteen. With thirteen, I'll say that you are. I'll just say from your past experience, you would guess that this thing's trapped in some way. Um, and I would, and because you can't really tell how it's trapped, I would say that you're probably guessing it's more subtle than you are, than, than, than something that's just like okay. a, uh, something simple. Uh, yeah, he's going to like lean to Ranger directions. Like this might get very, very loud, very, very fast. So be ready to run, I guess. I would, uh, take a couple steps back. Bob's your uncle. He's going to take a few steps back. And Glenn is going to... So it's a, it's a glass case on a pedestal, effectively? Or is it yeah, just a so it, it's, a, case? it's a round... So I'm going to say that it is a, it's almost like a cylinder coming out of the middle of the room that's like a, it, like a gilded uh, pedestal coming up waist high and then a kind of one foot or maybe like foot and a half uh, cylinder that's up on top of that, that's all glass and then has like a solid glass top also. Okay, and then if I, um, cause I know I look for traps, but I didn't look for this. Do I see any type of like, um, similar how there's a bunch of like weird handprints and whatnot, do I see anything on the, maybe the underside of the, the dais effectively of like a, a button like a little like a, a switch to unlock this this case now the 13. okay that was okay um yeah fuck it glenn is going to pull out the glass carver knife and he is going to start uh magically trying to cut into this glass okay not thick no it's not an inch thick i'd say probably a half inch 
So yeah, Glenn is going to try to make a basically like a, a circle that is okay. maybe just a little bit bigger than the size of the book. Okay. I mean, the book, like I said, is, is only about four inches uh, in its smallest diameter. So uh, you are, uh, how long, what's the rules of the glass carver? How long does it take to cut like half inch thick glass? Um, in just a four inch diameter hole. Four so and a, a, half foot, inch. a foot long line. Wait. 16 inches then, I guess, around that almost. Yeah, you can connect these lines from... Or times pi. Seven times it times by. A minute. So it yeah, it takes a minute to cut and a minute to retrace and repair the glass. Okay. Um, so you are able to uh, do this for a minute successfully. I will say that when you stick the the knife through, it does not set off any alarms that are audible to you that you can hear. Um, so you just, you're able to like, just quietly, I mean, it is dead silent here aside from the, the gulp, like the, the, the kind of incessantly loud sips of the emperor um, from a few rows behind you. Uh, and you are able to, uh, you, I'll just put you at the moment where the glass is about to be cut through. What do you do? Uh, so Glenn's going to, similar to what we did at the, I was putting the earwig in, yeah, in uh, Cosmo's ear, um, except he's just going to, actually, yeah, yeah, he's just going to, like, on one hand, put one finger on the glass, and on the other hand, have, like, the mage hand pressed up against it. So, like, he's not leaving any fingerprints, and he's just going to kind of, like, slowly slide it out and set it down on, like, the very plush carpet. Okay. Um, you are able to, uh, you are able to get that through uh, and set it down on the carpet with, with very little noise, and... Uh, in front of you is a you know they are just laid on this kind of like plush like purple velvet uh and, and kind of like slightly propped up inside all these books um and so how are you what are you doing so then lynn with his mage hand is going to uh actually can i do an intelligence check to like quickly assess probably what the weight of this book would be in case there's like oh. a pressure sensor to this um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll just, I mean, I'll tell you, it's a, it's a small book. Uh, I would assume like, you know, a, a small journal. Okay. Um, oh, I'm trying to think, do I have any, do I have any good books to leave behind? I think I've given away all my books. It'd be really funny to be like, leave something horrendous behind. Like the. You definitely have books, but, um, I, I don't know which one, uh, anything by name. You uh, have the gold break journal. Or I think. Oh yeah, the history book. No, I'm not gonna. No, don't want to draw attention to that. Okay, so Glenn is going to, um, from the back, from his back pocket, um, pull out seven small wooden statuettes that he stole from the uh, temple. But Glenn has been slowly just whittling and carving and desecrating these things as much as he could in the last like week since he's gotten them and he's going to like take transfer to the mage hand and he's going to try to ultimately like as he's dropping these statues he's going to just try to like thumb the book into his mage hand and pull the book out with his mage hand through that same hole and leave okay. the statues behind okay on the pillow you you uh you are able to pull this this narrow book through this hole um and are basically having your hands like i said it's it's you know you can palm this thing almost with its size um 
and you can see that there was like a small like little uh like pedestal inside that it was raised out of the it, it, it's like i think it's out of the same gold that the pedestal itself is is made out of that was kind of lifting it and putting the book at a slight angle so it was on display um, and you poke these little these little statues through, and I think like they're kind of. Are you trying to like get them to be on that pedestal? Are you trying to lean them against it? Are you just trying to throw them through so they're just kind of? Well, you in said there? it was like on a purple the book was on a pillow itself. It so the there's a there's a purple velvet that's all that's inside that's covering the entire oh, interior, the and it. then there is a like gold there is a gold like brick almost like a rectangle that's sticking up that the book was leaning against that was putting it on display. Then yeah, he would have like set up a very similar facade to where the book was. Perfect. Um, you pull it out and you uh, you have the book in your hand and you set these, these little figures up there and everything seems great for about a second. Mm -hmm. And just like Indiana Jones and, and Raiders of the Lost Ark, that little pillar just goes and drops down. And then both of you just have time to look at each other for a second before just a blaring, caterwauling alarm goes off in this space. And Cosmo, you on the outside, hear this alarm go off and see red lights radiating through the dome um, in, the, in the top of this palace, uh, this, this, glass, uh, this glass Oculus dome. And Cosmo, I think uh, you, uh, you are like distracted for a moment by this like alarm but you something caught your eye um, after that you defeated that Oblex. And before you like you you had headed back to the uh, you you had intended to head back to the um, to back where the cart was, but you've been kind of like looking through the water and you've been trying to find whatever this thing, this like this this like glimmer that you saw. And you see it now. It's 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 like right in front of you, and it's like this small, like kind of kind of medallion shaped item that's in the water right where the uh, the oblex dissolved and like kind of float away and would you reach down and grab it uh sure let's grab that shit cosmo you reach down and grab this this item and as soon as it makes it out of the kind of murky water it looks very familiar to you it is a large, scratched-up medallion that yeah. you know <laughs> is reflective of some sort of some sort of tie to the four great families of Sakal, and it is dormant now. It is not glowing red, but you hold in your hand another one of these scratched-up coins. And that is where we're going to leave the session tonight. Meatloaf. 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 Danger. Meatloaf. Ma, meatloaf. Ma, what the fuck? Ma, the meatloaf. meatloaf. Thank you for listening to the Almost Heroes and their mostly 5th edition D&D adventures. We post new podcast episodes every Monday, and you can catch us live on Twitch every Tuesday at 7 p.m. PST at twitch.tv slash bangerangbobby. See you there.